presence of tech giants like Google is increasing across the pond. Ireland is quickly developing into the Silicon Valley of Europe. Ireland and the United States have a robust agenda that we got to deal with on the substantive side of these issues, from combating COVID to strengthening global health security to uh, also discussing our economic cooperation. Uh, the kind of leadership, but also the kind of example that we get from the United States uh, is something that, that Ireland can really row in behind. I think uh, we are looking at a, a, an era where the US really is back. In 1958, Ireland began an economic revival that catapulted it into the European powerhouse we know today. The nation has since become a technology and innovation hub, attracting Silicon Valley companies from Google to Facebook and LinkedIn, who each chose Dublin as their European headquarters. In this episode, recorded on St. Patrick's Day, we ask what can the United States learn from Ireland's economic success? And how does a new U.S. administration impact the U.S.-Ireland alliance? This is State of the World, produced by the World Affairs Council of Connecticut. I'm your host, Amanda Jolly, and this week we're talking with Harry Lester, Economic Counselor for Trade, Investment, and Innovation at the Embassy of Ireland in the U.S., about business on either side of the Atlantic. This discussion was hosted in partnership with the Ireland Connecticut Business Council and includes a focus on Connecticut for listeners joining us from our home state. Moderated by Council CEO Megan Torrey and special guest moderator Connell O'Moran, host of That Great Business Show. This is Conal O'Moran in Ireland. And Kate Mina Foyt-Turoy-Vogus, the Galeragus Banachty Law, Ela Forig. Now, as Conal was just saying in the Irish language, 100,000 welcomes to all and happy St. Patrick's Day. And I'm hoping that the Megan Clark Tories have <laughs> a huge Irish background. You have actually been over here. Is it five times to date? At, uh, at least perhaps more. And uh, I presume you're going to come back again one day when COVID is no more. I will be there as soon as COVID is no more. And what are you going to do today on being St. Patrick's Day? So one of the things um, that is really interesting is, as you know, all over the United States today, uh, we're celebrating the richness of Irish culture. But one thing I think we often forget is that it wasn't too long ago that Irish immigrants coming into the United States, much like immigrants coming into the United States today, faced vast discrimination. But today, the triumph is that over 34 million Americans identify as having Irish ancestry, and we're building closer and closer ties all of the time, including economic ties, like the ones with Ireland Connecticut Business Council, and like, like the ones that we'll talk about today. So it is really, um, it's really a great day to celebrate. And we're hugely proud because today our Taoiseach, our Prime Minister, will be on a Zoom call, I think, or whatever they use in the White House with your President, President Biden, who, of course, is, uh, well, of course he's Irish, you know that. <laughs> of course he's Irish. And we know also that um, this bilateral relationship, the U.S. and Ireland, is such an essential one, especially now. Um, it has been such a such a a strange year, right? Such a difficult year. How are you celebrating St. Patrick's today over there in Ireland? Well, there are two odd things this year. One is we can't go anywhere. We're under five <laughs> kilometers, which is roughly a three 
mile uh, curfew and you can't literally cannot go anywhere and the second thing the sun is shining that's <laughs> a bit of a novelty and i also went out and i deliberately went out this morning trying to find some uh, shamrock there's no shamrock i couldn't find any shamrock so i'm kind of maybe that's three things but listen you mentioned that you mentioned our special guest why don't you introduce him harry it's so nice to have you with us today Hi, Megan. Hi, Connell. It's great to be with you all today on St. Patrick's Day. I'm decked out, as you can see, fully in green. And uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of opportunities for Shamrock and all things Irish today. Great. Listen, Harry, you're amongst friends here. And you know the way if I were to meet you in D.C. or somewhere, I might just uh, drag you out to some bar. We'd have a little chit chat, as we might say. And just we're going to have a little chit chat today. And we'll assume that you're not working for the embassy because we are amongst friends. And you're going to tell me what you think, off the record, of course, that the new administration will mean for us in Ireland. Sure. Um, and I hope you don't mind. I'm going to quote our ambassador here, Dan Mulhall, who always says, as a diplomat, you play the pitch as you find it. Um, and we have been incredibly lucky over the years to enjoy excellent relationships with U.S. administrations, be that be they Republican, be they Democrat, um, and, and look forward to many more. But as you've already mentioned yourselves, we are have uh, a very unique situation with probably the most Irish president since John F. Kennedy, um, and one who is incredibly proud of his Irish roots, and also one who knows the island. U.S. economic relationship, political relationship very well from his years working uh, with the Friends of Ireland caucus and obviously during his time as vice president when he visited Ireland, um, which was great. I, I've, I've been, I know when he was there, he, he looked like somebody who wanted to wrestle the microphone out of uh, President Obama's hands at the time to get, uh, to get his piece in because of his obvious pride there. So um, I think there's a, a huge opportunity uh, for EU-US relations, and, and Ireland will will play a huge part in that, I'm sure. Connell said a little bit earlier that we know that the Taoiseach is having uh, a meeting with the United States president today. Uh, I'm wondering if you can sort of, as we're on st state of the world, if you could tell us the state of the bilateral relationship, but also um, in your specialty, in the economic area, what is the state of the economic relationship between US and Ireland? Well, I meet a lot of people in the US who, who are familiar with uh, the role multinational companies, uh, American multinational companies have played in the Irish economy. Not so many are aware of the impact that Ireland of Irish investment has had in the US, and that's been steadily growing uh, over the recent years. Um, our Taoiseach addressed the Chamber of US Chamber of Commerce yesterday, and I was with him for that, uh, and he remarked that Ireland is now the ninth largest foreign direct investor into the United States. Um, so while we have 800 U.S. companies operating in Ireland, importantly employing over 180,000 people, huge and important part of the Irish economy, in the other direction, Ireland at just one seventieth the size of the United States has now over 650 companies that are present here across all 50 states and employing over 110,000 Americans. And that is truly remarkable um, and really shows you the extent and integration of our two economies. And I just one last thing on this point that I think is worth pointing out, and I, I noticed somebody asked earlier about 
how that's changed during COVID. Um, I'd say that the relationship has been has been tested during COVID um, because of the severe lockdowns and restrictions. But despite those, and Conor, you spoke earlier on as how, how strict they are in Ireland at the moment, we kept our life sciences sector operating as an essential service throughout that and kept products moving uh, through the through the review the reduced air transport links through freight coming backwards and forwards. And just last year, we were ranked as the fifth highest exporter of COVID-related products. So as, as nations across the globe are really looking at, um, you know, their supply chains and security of supply, you know, Ireland has really proved itself to be a trusted trading partner to the United States during that time. And Harry, maybe for all the wrong reasons, we on this side of the Atlantic are too familiar with Brexit. And Harry, can you address the trade challenges posed by Brexit? Sure. I mean, there is no good version of Brexit for Ireland. You know, um, the United Kingdom are such a close trading partner. Um, so any sort of move outside of the single market it was going to impact us. Um, that said, we were incredibly pleased uh, that the trade agreement was was reached before the end of last year. Um, it means there is zero tariffs and zero quotas on goods moving between uh, Ireland and the United Kingdom, and indeed the United Kingdom and, and the EU. Um, there is, of course, disruption, though. Um, uh, even if there's no quotas or tariffs, there's, there's new regulatory procedures, customs procedures, and that's all being worked through at the moment. Um, we're in the middle of diminished trade because of COVID, so that is yet to be fully tested. But so far, um, I think we've coped very well despite the teething problems uh, that, have, that have been there. Um, so it'll have an impact, um, but Ireland has, over the you know the last 10, 20 years, been diversifying supply uh, and our trading partners away from the UK. Obviously, they'll remain as a very, very important one, but we've added huge links to others, and we've grown our trade uh, in exports and imports with the United States in particular, but also the Eurozone countries um, to sort of mitigate against those risks. Excellent. Thanks so much, Harry. We were talking about sort of the natural um, industries that would be great collaborators between Connecticut and um, in Ireland. I wonder if knowing that Connecticut is is big in aerospace, you know, 70% of our, any plane flying today is made in our region. Um, you know, where do you see the biggest points of collaboration and innovation? Yeah, I, I, and actually, I was, I was I was reading up about this before b before our session today, and noticed that you have, you know, a big sort of sectors in 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 financial services, in in insurance, in biomedical devices, as well as as you say, aviation, and they're all sectors that Ireland are incredible, act, incredibly active in, have a lot of economic activity. If we just look at financial services, we are recognized as a global center for international financial services in the areas of asset management, international banking, fund servicing, fintech payments. We have 17 of the top 20 global banks, 11 of the top 15 insurance companies. In the whole medtech sector, we are considered as one of the top five global hubs. Uh, we're one of the largest exporters of medical device products within the European Union. We have over 450 medtech companies, 60% of them are Irish owned. 
And we have most of the world's top 15 firms as well. And then just returning to aviation and aircraft, um, Ireland is a global leader in aircraft leasing. Uh, Pre-COVID, it was said that an Irish leased aircraft took off from a runway somewhere in the world every two seconds. So hopefully, um, as the uh, air transport industry comes back, you know, that will, that will continue to be a big feature. In terms of sort of Ireland and Connecticut businesses, from Irish investment into the States, we have two very large Irish companies, Glam Beer, food production company, and CRH Americas, which is sort of building materials, have made acquisitions and have large presences in Connecticut. Going in the other direction, you have Alexian Pharmaceuticals, have a huge big European headquarters based in Ireland, pharmaceutical sector being very important to us. And we have your New England asset management company based there with a significant presence as well. Uh, the partnership between Aer Lingus and Bradley Airport, and that's been a fruitful one and it's been growing in recent years. So again, hopefully that will return strongly. Uh, Turning to sort of drinks um, and Clonakilty Distillery in Cork have a good partnership with New England Brewing Company in Connecticut and developing a new IPA. And I might just finish on, on, on Bank of Ireland. Um, one of our, our biggest banks has their global markets office in Stamford uh, and are growing their presence in Connecticut. And Enterprise Ireland, who uh, have a base in New York, um, it's not too far from you, has good connections with Tony Dunn there and the innovation centre that he runs. And we've actually used that uh, to incubate Irish companies seeking to scale up into the region. So incredibly strong connections between, between our two regions. And Enterprise Ireland has done an incredible job in getting us off this island. And every week with PJ Chimini and the council, we pitch two companies and we ask the Irish companies to come on uh, to the call, selling them Connecticut as being the perfect landing spot in the US, halfway between Boston and New York, and a very, very nice bunch of people and uh, very, very, very good value. You mentioned, Harry, there, the, um, the fintechs. Uh, I'm delighted that the Collison brothers uh, out of Limerick or out of Kilkenny, whichever which they, or Tipperary, should I say, whichever they wish to choose, uh, they now have the world's most valuable uh, private fintech company. And um, you also mentioned on the aircraft leasing in the last week, we have just, uh, Aircap has taken over another company, making it the largest by far aircraft leasing company. That's a guy called Gus Kelly. Um, and then finally, you mentioned Bradley. And again, I come back to that point, and I, th I think uh, we have Tony Sheridan on the call as well. <laughs> so welcome to anybody who is on our uh, weekly calls from Connecticut. It's just huge. And um, again, I cannot overemphasize maybe, Megan, that the it, it's in some ways on a Wednesday afternoon when we have this call, it's like just having a chat with some friends even though there's 3,000 odd miles between us. But it's just, I think you get us and we certainly get you. So it's just a lovely symbiotic uh, relationship. Maybe, uh, Harry, I should uh, ask you to come back in again now. In forward thinking, any ideas on where, what people should be in Ireland who might be watching in or looking in? Where uh, President Biden has just opened up the wallet, there's gonna be a mega spend. Where might that show beneficially for Irish companies who might want a, a cut of it? 
Sure. I mean, I, I think both President Biden's team and Ursula von der Leyen's team in Europe have, have, have set out fairly common agendas for, for, for tackling some of the big issues around uh, global health, climate, digital, um, as well as sort of multilateral cooperation. So I think there's, there's, there's huge uh, prospects for, for cooperation there. I mean, you know, just to go back to sort of, I suppose, Ireland's position within that, and I mentioned earlier the sort of the journey we've been on, um, American Chambers of Commerce in Ireland are celebrating their 60th year anniversary and have sort of mapped out in their publication sort of the incredible transition and the Irish economy has gone over the last 60 years. Um, and we've seen a very similar journey in more recent years in the whole area of innovation, science, technology, um, where we have seen a hugely uh, prioritised and specific investment into a certain areas of research. Ireland is a relatively small country of you know, just under 5 million people. So we've had to be very specific about the areas that we fund. And we've done that very much hand in glove with our enterprise strategy. Um, and we've seen amazing strides in research and development in the area of future technologies, future and advanced technologies, medical devices, biopharmaceuticals, biodiversity, nanotechnology, and this whole area of Industry 4.0 and future and advanced manufacturing. Uh, we do that through Science Foundation Ireland, um, who was actually based on the National Science Foundation here in the United States. And although not being big, it means that we can be nimble. And we've provided a really, really interesting test bed that actually has drawn, you know, companies and researchers from right across the world into Ireland. And we've managed to sort of grow and come up the global rankings. We're now 12th in the world for, um, for, for, for excellence in science. We're first for immunology. We're first for knowledge diffusion. Um, so I think that whole area of research partnerships, we have over 450 collaborations with industry, over 250 collaborations with academia, and a, a very unique uh, US-Ireland research and development partnership that was born out from the peace process uh, with over 60 research partnerships there. So I think research and development is, is, is an obvious area. Ireland has very ambitious plans in the whole climate space. We have um, a climate action plan, uh, which, which will be challenging, but we're, we're moving in very similar directions now with the United States. And really, I suppose, preparing our countries for the future of work, um, the disruptive reform that will come, what needs to be happening in the labour market as well, provides some really, really good points of connection. So I know, Harry, we're coming up on on our on our time, but I do want, um, as we close, for you to sort of reflect on the partnership and your best hopes for the future as the entire world looks to rebuild from the pandemic. Sure, and just let me just take the opportunity to thank you both so much for for, for having me on. I'm very much looking forward to to visiting Connecticut in person. I was in uh, the the United States for just three months before everything shut down, so. Um, I am, yeah, chomping at the bit to get out of DC and, and it'd be great to meet you all in person. And I'm wishing everybody on the call a very happy St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I suppose I would put my um, comments in the context of, I suppose, the importance of the transatlantic partnership between the EU and the US. Um, and that partnership accounts for a third of the world's GDP, half of all global personal consumption. Our trade flows with one another, another represent a third of all global exports and imports over 60% of all inward and outward investment. So despite you know, a lot of emerging economies and new economic powers, that transatlantic 
economic relationship remains the sort of the pillar of the global economy. And um, Ireland will be doing all we can to act as a transatlantic bridge between uh, the European Union and the United States, as Colonel said. Um, I think there's, that there's a natural affinity between uh, Irish people and people in the United States. And yes, there's all sorts of things about our business environment, about our um, level of education, but actually some of it is, is, is at a cultural level. And um, we have deep bonds that bind us. So yeah, we'll, we're looking forward to playing that part in it. And I'm very hopeful about the future. I think, you know, what's amazingly encouraging over the last while is the fact that despite all the turmoil in the world, we've seen amazing uh, coming together in the research and development community to produce vaccines within 10 months. And, you know, the first one to be approved was the vaccine BioNTech one. And we saw, you know, German researchers partnering with a US company, uh, first approved in the United Kingdom and now being bottled and packaged in Belgium. And if that's not an example of transatlantic partnership and the power of it, I, I don't know what it is. So I'm hopeful for the future and um, definitely going to enjoy today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Harry. No. I just want to um, remind people of something Harry said there is we really on this side of the Atlantic really feel so, so, so comfortable with Americans, America and everything that America has done for us over the years. Uh, Harry touched on the peace process. We will never ever forget what Americans have done for us in bringing peace to our island. And we owe you big for that one. So again, I think it's a perfect St. Patrick's Day. Thank you to Harry, to everybody in the embassy, and uh, all Irish people of goodwill who have done so much for this island uh, to say thank you to everybody. Megan. I just want to thank thank Harry again. You have an invitation to come to Hartford and, and come in person to our council when, when you're ready and when it's safe to do so. But Connell, you are so right. The connections are so deep, um, which is why we're doing this today. It, it, these building global connections is what we do at the World Affairs Council, and it's so important. And I'm so happy that, that everyone was joining us today. Thank you so much, Harry. So Connell, this was yeah. really fun. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this today. I'm very impressed that you're green. I can't wait to see you here in Connecticut. Thank you so much. That was Economic Counselor for Trade, Investment and Innovation at the Embassy of Ireland, Harry Lester, and host of That Great Business Show, Connell O'Morin. Follow at IrelandMBUSA on Twitter to stay updated on all the news about Ireland in the U.S. And follow Connell at Connell O.M. or listen to That Great Business Show to hear the latest news in Irish business. That does it for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more content like this and to join in future live events, follow the World Affairs Council of Connecticut on Twitter and Instagram at CTWAC or visit our website at ctwac.org. Thank you for joining us for State of the World. Until next time.